This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. It's your weekly blitz with Chris, keeping you in the game. Good morning, everyone. Coach Chris Cotton here from AutoFix Auto Shop Coaching, where I work hard to support your auto repair shop success. As you get into today's episode, you may know someone in your network who can benefit from today's topic. If so, please take time to share personally or through your social network. If you have an idea for a show topic or just want to talk, feel free to get with me, Chris, at AutoFixSOS.com. Let's get started with episode number 86, ending the year, looking towards 2023. So... You know, at this point in the year, and actually this, it might be a little late if we're really thinking about it, but if you haven't started reflecting on the year and thinking about next year, now's the time, right? It's time to reflect on how this past year went. What did you accomplish? What did your shop accomplish, both personally and as a business? What did your employees accomplish? Also, we need to think about what fell through the cracks and why. Like, what did we set out to do at the beginning of the year that we didn't quite accomplish. Also on a side note, I just want to say, holy crap, I can't believe it's almost 2023 and this year's gone already. Um, we're in the last quarter. It's just crazy, crazy. Thinking back about the statement I just made a minute ago, after you've done all those things about reflecting on the pa- how this past year went, everything else, it's time to talk about what you want to accomplish in 2023 and set things in motion to make sure you achieve those things. You need to be meeting with your sales staff, meeting with your technician staff, or if you have a larger shop, you need to be meeting with the people that are the direct reports for those people so that you can set up next year together. Remember, as an owner, as a manager doing what you do, you set the tone and the expectation for the next year. If you don't set a tone and you don't set an expectation, then guess what? Then we'll achieve whatever we end up achieving next year because there was no goal or no expectation right? I really want you to think about what you want to achieve next year, but what you need to do is write down what those goals and achievements are, and then you need to put bullets with those. What do I need to do in order to make those things happen? This is also the time of year for you to think about year-end evaluations for all your staff members. If you don't do it quarterly, every six months, you know, do you do it yearly? Do you even do um, evaluations and raises and everything for staff members? Or maybe you already did it. But if you haven't or haven't thought about it, then guess what? You're running out of time, especially, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm recording this in October. You're going to hear it in November. At that point, you're you're going to be just a month and a half away from the end of the year. As we talk about evaluating our staff and thinking about staff members, are there people that don't need to be on your staff? I would say probably every shop in America has one person that they that they don't need and could probably do without. If you're carrying one person or two people, don't carry those people into the new year. I run into it all the time. Shop owners are like, well, it's almost Christmas time for Christmas bonus and everything, and I don't want to let this person go. So you're going to keep continuing letting the business suffer and everything else because you feel bad for, about your employee. It's your fault you hired somebody you didn't need. It's your fault that you let those people stay around this long. Don't carry those people into the new year. Do not put them on your tax books for 2023. Don't be afraid to let those people go now. It's not okay to keep them on payroll just because you feel bad and it makes you feel better. Okay. Number five, when was the last time you did a labor rate analysis? When was the last time you raised your labor rate and either adjusted it? Also, when was the last time 
um, you adjusted your parts matrix for inflation. Hunt Demers did a, a great podcast on just that topic not too long ago. And I would really, really like to do a follow-up show with him. If you haven't done that, you can go to the Aftermarket Radio Network, look up Hunt Demarest, and and look for that episode. Number six, it's also time to evaluate job descriptions, employee handbooks, training programs, etc. Okay, first of all, I'm assuming you have all those things. If you don't have all those things, then guess what? It's time to put all those together and put them in place. Number seven, tax planning. Have you been talking with your accountant all year Or have you been making quarterly payments on your taxes? If not, do you have money set aside to pay your taxes next year? Remember, it's okay to pay taxes, but you also have to make sure that you have that money set aside and you're ready to pay for that when it comes due. But again, we have to have a plan. And if you don't have that or if you haven't been thinking about that, then maybe next year is the year you put all that in place, okay? So one of the big reasons I wanted to do this episode is I wanted to make sure that we talked about compliance and I wanted to give you a checklist of things to do for your business at the end of the year as it goes to compliance. Obviously, I want you to do all the things we just talked about, but there are also things that you as a business entity need to do to make sure that you're ready. And so in order to maintain business compliance to end the year in good standing, You know, I want you to think about these things. These are notes from research that I've done. As we move into the winter months, it's time to start thinking of year-end business compliance, the responsibilities in, in your business's activities. Business compliance matters to businesses regardless of, of industry or size, and it's something that needs attention every year. The other thing is I don't know what state you're listening from, but compliance regulations vary by state, so it's very important for you to know the rules and due dates for each state that you operate within individually. For companies that operate across several states, or maybe you're a multi-shop owner that has businesses in separate states, and or you're expanding into new states, then there's tons of different variables to consider when selecting which state to incorporate in. Hopefully you've already done that. But if you are not a corporation yet, Talk to your accountant to see which state's best for you. Believe it or not, I live in one state. My business is in Texas. But when I talked to my accountant, he looked at my situation, like what we'd like to do with the travel and everything. And he recommended that we do our corporation in Nevada. I have a reminder on my desk right now. I have to go in and do the exact same things that I'm telling you guys to do um, in a couple of minutes when it comes to the meeting notes and everything else. Because if you're a corporation, you're supposed to have all those. AutoLeap is a cloud-based all-in-one auto repair software that helps to keep complete track of your business from scheduling appointments to managing technicians to generating invoices. Supercharge your growth with AutoLeap. Customers that fully adopt AutoLeap see the following benefits in their first year. 30% revenue growth, with top customers seeing over 100% growth, 75% decrease in no-shows, allowing you to service more customers, three times increase in positive Google reviews, leading to stronger online presence, 50% time saved on administrative tasks, driving increase in operational efficiency. Do it all with AutoLeap. Key features and functions include estimates, invoices, scheduling, Google reviews, inspections, communication, QuickBooks, reporting. Get in touch with AutoLeap to see how you can transform your auto repair shop. For a limited time, if you schedule a demo, sign up with AutoLeap and they will waive the $250 implementation fee. I also want to remind you 
that there's significant consequences for non-compliance. What happens if your corporation or LLC falls out of good standing or compliance? Actually, there's a lot that can happen. When your company falls out of compliance, you open yourself up to piercing the corporate veil, late fees, interest payments on things that are owed, delays in business expansion into other states, or even closing of your LLC or corporation. Having said all that, I'd like to help you prepare for the year end, and I want to help you get all your legal ducks in a row. And so I've put together this compliance checklist to set you on the right path. Number one, file your annual corporate documentation. Most states require registered C corporations and LLCs to file a statement of information, also called an annual report, with the Secretary of State's office in your state to keep the business in good standing. You'll need to update the names and addresses of of all your LLC members and managers, corporations, directors, and officers, any of your registered agent information, and the number of shares issued. For significant changes, whatever state you're in may require your business to file an Articles of Amendment. And here's a list of some examples of significant changes that that would include. Changes to the company name, changes to the business address, changes to the members of the board of directors, changes in a company's business activities, i.e. the purpose of the business, changes in ownership, changes to the board of directors, change in management format, either member managed to manager managed or vice versa of an LLC, change in the type of stock offered by your corporation, changes in the number of shares authorized by a corporation. Earlier, I was talking about meeting minutes. Corporations are also required to hold an annual board meeting with corporate minutes taken. Corporate annual meeting minutes serve as a record of of your business's annual meeting. And so there's a couple of states that are exceptions to that. I think it's Delaware, Kansas, Nevada, North Dakota, and Oklahoma. Those state governments, those are the exceptions to the ones that don't need to keep meeting minutes. So examples of the information that might appear in a corporation's annual meeting minutes include the date, time, and location of the meeting, who attended and who was absent from the meeting, your meeting agenda items with a brief description of each, details about what was discussed during the meeting, results of any voting actions taken, and the time when the meetings adjourned. And and for a lot of you, you're maybe you're the only person on all of those lists, but you still have to write down a start time, a stop time, and anything that was talked about. You know, after annual meeting minutes have been approved as determined by your bylaws, a business should keep the original copy in a safe place and a business should keep its minutes for at least seven years and make them available to members of the corporation. If in the last year some changes or challenges happened and you had a change in business structure, if you had any access to relief funding, tax breaks and liability protections, you know, some of those things might be a reason for sole proprietorships to incorporate or, or go to an S-corp status. A structure conversion is not taken lightly. What I would tell you is I want to spark the conversation and you need to talk to your business attorney and accountant and see what's the, the best thing for you. That's why earlier when I was talking about you need to be meeting with your accountant quarterly or have done that in the past couple of months. That way they can look at your income statement or your PRL and be like, hey, Things are going to change and we need to put you in a different business setup or structure. Now, this time of year is also the time to renew sales tax licenses and reseller permits. If anything's changed in your business, you need to go ahead and take care of that now. You also need to renew business licenses and permits as well instead of, I mean, in addition to the sales tax licenses and reseller permits. I will also tell you that you are like 10 times more likely to get audited and shut down by your state 
revenue office or the state tax office than you are the IRS. And those state people have no sense of humor. That's no joke. And when we talk about your business licenses and permits, there's different things within the the city, county, and state that you may need to do. But here's kind of like a quick list of the things that I would look for. A security alarm permit, if you have to have a parking lot permit, zoning permit, if you have to have any type of environmental permits or sidewalk permits, the local governments are kind of crazy and you don't want to be afoul of any of those. If there's any other federal filing requirements that you need to do, I don't think any of these are, but most businesses don't have federal requirements outside of paying federal taxes and complying with the Affordable Care Act, and most of us are below that threshold. But federal laws that require compliance but no filing of documents include marketing and advertising, copyright laws, workplace poster laws, workplace health and safety laws, and ADA regulations. On a side note, you need to go out and make sure that your websites are ADA compliant. You should be able to scroll down to the side or look to the right or left, and there should be a little image of of a person in a wheelchair. And if that's there, then you should be good in your states. Intellectual properties is another thing. And intellectual properties as a shop owner is basically our customer list. And then also I would say any do not compete or do not compete clauses that are in your area. If you have an employee that leaves or if you let an employee go, then you need to make sure you have those. Sometimes they may not be worth following through on, but if at least you have it there, then you have the option. If unfortunately you closed a business, closing a company you help create is never an easy decision. But if you decide it's to close up shop, you need to make sure you're in compliance with all of that as well. Sole proprietorships are the easiest to close down as long as you pay off any debts and notify customers and vendors. Partnerships, corporations, and LSCs should have a structured disillusion process outlined in their operating agreements. Also, you have to settle all the company's financial obligations, vendor invoices, payroll taxes, sales tax, then inform the IRS about your business closure. Okay? We started out with some things for your shop to do personally and as a group, and and then we talked about the business things that need to be done, or again, hopefully I've sparked some conversation on, oh, we need to update our bylaws, we need to have our meeting, we need to file and register these things. Have a great day, everybody. This has been Coach Chris Cotton from AutoFix Auto Shop Coaching, reminding you that it never always gets worse, but sometimes it has to get worse to get better. Please feel free to reach out to me, chris at autofixsos.com, or call me at 940-400-1008. Time to rise and grind, everyone. You've been listening to The Weekly Blitz with Coach Chris Cotton on the aftermarketradionetwork.com. Follow Chris on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Chris is all for advancing the aftermarkets.